Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, hello, and welcome to our Christmas slash holiday episode of Boots, Balls, and Bras with Far Williams and Eartha Pond. We're going to be doing this week a little bit differently. Sorry that we were a tad bit late this week, but you know, it's the holidays, so we were running around getting Christmas presents, etc. Um, but we're going to chat to you today about the WSL, where the league is heading into the break, uh, the Women's Champions League that we had two rounds of recently, and a couple other topics. So let's kick off with the UEFA Women's Champions League. Um, we have qualified teams already through to the quarterfinals. We have Arsenal, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Chelsea, Lyon, PSG, Roma, a new one, and Wolfsburg. But some of the games that happened, we saw Chelsea beat PSG 3-0 at Stamford Bridge. Lyon tied Juventus, another interesting one. And also Arsenal lost to Lyon. Farah, thoughts on the Champions League heading into this Christmas slash holidays break? I think it's been a, a good group stage. I think the teams that have qualified out of the groups um, sets us up for a nice uh, knockout stages in terms of, you know, the best of the teams in Europe are there. Um, obviously, Chelsea got knocked out at this time last year. So good to yeah. see them qualify strong this year. Um, and we're ending the season beating PSG, who, you know, I know pushovers at Stamford Bridge 3-0 some standout performances in that. And obviously Arsenal started the campaign strong away at Lyon with that big win um, and have ended it big. I know they lost at home 1-0 to Lyon, but they, they finished big with a with a massive result in the week. So both English teams finishing strong going into the knockout stages. It's uh, It's been exciting. My team is still in there, Wolfsburg. <laughs> Our <laughs> yeah. team. I'm excited. I'm excited for, for the next stage of, of this and, and happy that, you know, all the top teams have qualified out of the group. So it should be a good knockout stage. Yeah. In, in terms of the group stages, is there anyone that stands out that people want to avoid? Do you reckon there's a team where people are thinking, we, we just don't want that team? I don't think there's a team, I don't know, my opinion is I don't think there's a team like that at the minute. That You know, Arsenal started really, really well. They've obviously picked up a few big injuries, which has obviously, you know, hurt them massively, I would say, especially in Europe. Uh, they get away with it in, in the WSL, but but in Europe, those big names that they've lost in Beth Mead and Vivian Miedema, um yeah, I know that I've seen that they've they're going to be signing somebody um, in January, the the Dutch player. Um, so that's a good signing, but again, not replacements for both Meadabo and um, Beth Mead. Obviously, Kim Little's been injured. So for Arsenal, I think they've been knocked by injuries massively. I think they had big expectations in Europe this year. Um, I think that would have hindered them a little bit. Chelsea are looking strong. Um, yeah, I'm you know we say it every year about Chelsea. You know, can they go that that one step further? But I don't think so. I don't think. I think Barcelona have proved that they're beatable. I was, um, I was about to say, so, don't try and leave my team out of it. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm saying every team I think are beatable. I think that's what's exciting. That's what excites me about the knockout mm. stages. I think you know, you look how the Euros went, and every team within the Euros 
looked as if they were beatable. It was small margins that that, that won the Euros for, for the Lionesses in the summer. So I think it will be exactly the same uh, with this Champions League. And, and that's, what excite, that, that's what excites me the most about it. Yeah, yeah, because you see like Lyon tied Juventus and Wolfsburg actually tied. They had a, a no-nil draw against Slavia Praha, but they were already qualified. They already went through. So, you know, they're clearly rotating players and, and saving themselves anyway, um, like you said. So sometimes, you know, you look at the results and you think, oh, that's not a good result. But actually where they are in the season, where they're going into, you know, prepping for next year, getting new players, et cetera. You mentioned um, that Arsenal is going to get Victoria Palova from AFC Ajax. Uh, a good signing because I know Wolfsburg and Real Madrid were also trying to get her as well. Um, yeah. Eartha, I was going to say, yeah, go go for it. But the, no, the loss of Viv Niedema, man. Yeah, I, I think just before that, I think just in terms of the Champions League, I think we looked at the Euros and one of the important pieces were the consistency. And I think that rotation in the Champions League for teams could cause them um, in terms of having that flow and consistency in winning games. So, my team, Barcelona, obviously score goals, but we're also prone to, to leak goals as well. So mm. that's the worrying point. So I think the team who sort of sticks to what it is they do week in, week out and really starts building on that and maybe refrains from that rotation might be the difference in terms of sort of pipping, pipping it in terms of winning in the Champions League. In terms of Viv Miedemar, as someone who's obviously had two ACL injuries on, on both knees, um, it's a it's a massive massive blow. I, mm. I think psychologically, having maybe Beth there just a couple of weeks ahead of her to help sort of drive her through is, I guess, a blessing in disguise in in some way, shape, or form. But we, we've got to talk about the well being piece at at some point. I know she's mentioned it and she's been a big advocate around the sort of football calendar. But yeah, we 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 have to do some whether it's more research, but. Again, it's all good doing research, but actually we have to implement it when we have these recommendations, where we have trends, and we have to look at it separately in terms of the physiology of a, a men's bod- man's body. Um, and yeah, we, we have to do something different because it, it's just not working. We can see just the sheer amount of ACLs across the league, both WSL and Championship, is, is through the roof. Yeah, globally, I was going to say, in the women's game, I saw the stats, is that over 40 females this this year alone have Mm. have done ACL injuries. I mean, that in itself needs to be looked at. The problem is, half the problem is, is that the women's game has all of a sudden turned professional. Now there's more games, there's extra international fixtures, but all the research that has been done has been done on the men's game. And Mm. that's the research that the women then feed off. But it's, it's wrong in thinking that the women can just go from being amateur footballers to doing day-to-day jobs, training twice a week, to being full-on athletes, adding more competitive fixtures into that and thinking that they're going to be able to cope. There's, there's no research into you know, how women's bodies cope and the demands of it and the recovery that they need. And certainly, you know, not only players have been speaking about it, but managers have been speaking about the well-being of, of the players and when are they going to be considered or when are their opinions going to be considered. It doesn't seem to ever happen. We've seen that FIFA have announced more, more games now, more competitions uh, in the women's game. So, yeah, without any consideration for the players, we just seem to be adding more and more fixtures, less and less recovery and less and less research into, you know, how the women's body works. And Farrah, you, you mentioned know, earlier on in the pod. Oh, sorry, go on, Bex. No, I was just going to say, do you know, like, the, the thing that's actually really interesting is there, there actually is a lot of ACL female injury 
research that's out there. And this is what blows my mind, right? Because when I was at Duke a hundred years ago, literally, they, we did some of the first ACL prevention um, research then. And even since then, I've, we just literally published an ACL on female professional footballers with isokinetic medical conference, which I helped write the paper on. And so we know the mechanisms of why females are more prone to ACL injuries. You know, they have the... Um, they also have uh, a lot more, uh, let's say, movement in their knee. They're a little bit more unstable in the knee. They also have a, a greater um, angle from the hip to the knee. So we know all of this stuff. And also the other thing that's really interesting is that there was a lot of similarities with elite male players in terms of ACL mechanism and the pattern of the injury. So I, I think it's less about the fact that we don't know what's going on. It's exactly what you said, Farah. We don't have the medical support and the teams that are behind them. They're not investing in the recovery. They're not investing in the, the prehab, the, the prevention of these ACL injuries, which we, we know what we have to do. We know the type of like butt training, hip training, you know, knee stability training that you have to do to prevent ACL injuries. Like, why are we not looking at the prevention of this a lot more and investing in that? Go ahead, Eartha. I was just saying, just in, in addition to that, and obviously the research that's been done, Farah touched on it a few episodes ago around what does a professional athlete look like? So actually the, the scheduling of more time in the gym or actually is it about how much loading is that player getting? So mm. it's not necessarily we're becoming more professional. Actually, what does professional look like? What is that hours that technically we should be training or, or in the gym? And then we have to make reference to what does the research tell us? It's not about as the game's growing, as Farah mentioned, and you're, you're just in the gym forever now because you're, you're, you're professional. And actually that's just too much loading. So we have to look mm. at what research has been done. Actually, what is a realistic professional schedule for a professional player and how do you merge the two to make sure you're getting the optimum outcome from an athlete and I don't think those two bits are going together in terms of the research and scheduling and then you put the matches in there as well yeah so, do you yeah. know something really interesting a couple of years ago I started working with this company called zone seven because they use AI artificial intelligence to look at the exactly that they take all of the information from the GPS that teams are already using to track, you know, player movement, player uh, load, and then they input it into an AI sort of machine and they can decrease injuries by up to like a, the average was about 74% of all across all the teams that they looked at. And it, it's phenomenal to me that, you know, teams are not women's teams just don't, you know, we, we went out and started talking to a bunch of female clubs and just the lack of willingness, even when we were willing to give them massively discounted slash free for the first season, the lack of interest in something like that, it blew my mind. It absolutely blew my mind because it's exactly what you're saying. You have all the data, you have the AI system that processes that data and then actually can tell you what you should be doing, what type of load, what kind of training, what things to avoid. It's fascinating. I'll show you guys more information about it, but stuff like that, like why would you not why would you not be interested in stuff like that? But anyway, go ahead. No, it's, it's interesting that you say that because I remember when we turned, I'm saying we turned full-time professionals and it's difficult because you'll have some players playing the game now that have played the game a long time and have had a routine, their own routine. So I, I, for example, was one of those players. You get to the latter stage of your career and you kind of had your own routine throughout many of years. So to buy into new stuff and new theories that, you, you know, the, the injury prevention stuff, you know, they're giving me a, a program that had about 20 um exercises to do before then going out to do a training session and i'll be like one two miss it for you because i don't see the, the the importance of these exercises and that was pretty much how a lot of players even younger players that you probably 
you know, thought you could get on board early, you know, players that haven't had a career and are starting out on their journey would buy into those, you know, those details or the smaller details in terms of injury prevention. But that's the difficulty. These, you know, physios that are coming in are also new to the professional women's game. So they're yeah. also then starting a programme like, like we are. And then you need players to buy into what they're saying and the science behind it. And it's difficult, you know, players are at different stages and what they believe works for them is going to be different depending on age, experience and whatever else. And I was yeah. one of those players that, yeah. you know, you, you tell me to do injury prevention stuff before, before training. I'm like, what is the point? So it's really difficult. I think it's difficult for physio. You know, I wanted, and then I, and then probably I'd be one of those that are moaning that. Well, I wouldn't moan because I love football. But <laughs> I know that then there's players that would moan that they have so many games back to back. I wasn't one yeah. of those players. I'd rather play than train, to be honest. But yeah. I'm just saying, you've, you've got to buy into everything. And that's the difficulties that then physios have. And also, just because we're all female, we all don't need the same prehab. Or Yeah, exactly. Like, they have to be individualised training programmes. So and that's the point. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot that needs to be put into it. Of course, it's the finances that go into that is obviously going to be huge. Um, but something definitely needs to be done because you know there's now going to you know two top players potentially going to be missing out on a, on, on a World Cup, one for England and, and obviously we've seen in the summer that um, uh, what's her name? Yes. Spanish yes. Yeah, yes. missed out on the European Championship. So you know we don't want to be going to the World Cup. Next Katoto year. as well. Katoto from that. France. Arguably yeah. one of the best strikers on the planet wasn't at the year. I mean, was in first in, two, three games. Yeah. 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 So we don't want to be seeing this, but I mean, obviously, as I say, more needs to be done. And if you say that, that there's stuff there, it, it takes time. I think yeah. we're going to more injuries before we see any results of, you know, all of the, the, the stuff that I'm sure that's in place at clubs now, but it's a, it's a process. It's not going to happen overnight. So I'm sure clubs are doing the right things for their players, but I'm just saying we're probably going to see more injuries before we see the rewards oh. of what everybody has in place. I'm not too sure on that bit, but we'll maybe that's for another show. I think <laughs> I think they're doing something. I'm being I no, I'm being yeah. honest. I'm being I'm being Same. dead honest. I think there's so much more to be done. That side of the investment needs to be upped definitely and matched. And we've we've just touched on the physiological side, but actually psychologically, how yeah. does that impact mm. players in terms of them? going out and playing and maybe going in for that tackle or not going in for yeah. that tackle. And that's the thing. If you have the these systems, like you can input any of the inputs that you want. You can have psychological. So how did you sleep? How do you feel today? Those can all be data points that you can add into these yeah. algorithms. So but you know again, on that, Bex, you know on that, it, it's crazy because what I'm like, so for example, you've just said that, right? So that's how yeah. you can't argue with my opinion of how I feel, right? We can't yeah. argue with that. So if you're a physio and you say to me, how do I feel? And I go, uh, one to five and I feel like a two today so I feel awful right mm -hmm. I'm telling you that's how I feel right you do I don't know that would happen at training so for example I come in how do you feel I feel two and then they do all the tests and they'll be like well you're testifying so you must be okay so you go and train but I'm telling you I'm a yeah, two yeah I so agree think else says to you that I'm okay you've got to listen to the person and yeah. what they feel that their body is telling them and I feel 100%. like that's overlooked. that's overlooked far too much in the women's game um, and that's why probably injuries happen because we don't listen to people because we go, like, well, you're, well, you're fine. Your temperature's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you're okay. it's, it's like a disability badge, isn't it? Unless you can physically see yes. the disability, you just like, it could be something internal. You just assume, well, they're, they're fine. Why are they parking in that bay? I was like, going to say, literally. You just you That's just want the handicap parking thing. You just want the handicap parking thing, or the no? I'm, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> especially a great analogy. Like people right. want to yeah. physically see yeah, the disability, yeah. otherwise it doesn't register with them. And actually, mm -hmm. there's so much stuff. If you want to have that optimum output in terms of a player, it has to be considered. And I don't think it's being considered. It's it, the players I feel currently are entertainment tools, and they're they're being used as such for the game and as it progresses. 
And if it's any different, please please show me the research and the clubs that are doing these investments in terms of well-being. And I just mm. don't think it's there. I don't. I totally agree with you. Far. I don't think there's enough being done. I don't think there's enough investment into the medical side. I don't think the medical staffs are big enough. I don't think the sports science staffs are big enough. So I just. I don't think that it's being supported globally around the around the world. But really interestingly, that Viv Medebal had asked for time off and got given time off from Jonas only three, four weeks before this happened. So clearly, like you said, Farah, the psychological element is huge. But one of the things that you did mention was that FIFA has announced, if you guys missed this, a new Women's Club World Cup and also a Women's Futsal World Cup. Um, and that means that that's going to be included in the international match calendar. Another interesting thing was that FIFA said the international match calendar will be unchanged. So now we've got a minimum three new competitions. We've got what we had already talked about from UEFA, you know, the Nations League, this new competition. Competition. And then you have the Club World Cup and futsal, but they're not changing the structure of the calendar. So I don't see how that's going to happen, how that's going to be able to be integrated as it is for the next two years. Um, and I do worry that that means that because there's so many slots in the calendar for players to be released from clubs mm -hmm. to go to national teams, I think it's about four or five additional releases than to the men's calendar currently. That's a lot. That's a lot of going back and forth and, and keeping in mind travel. So if you play for New Zealand and you play for Chelsea, you know, you're <laughs> you're having to sometimes travel literally halfway across the planet. So I think it's another really interesting topic. Um, did you guys want to say anything about on that or, or should we move on to the WSL? No, it's like I just think turning into club fixtures, isn't it? Like you play as many internationals as you do club fixtures for the year. When has that ever been a thing? But yeah, yeah. whatever. It is what it is. We're um, we'll see how that that evolves. And just yeah. based on that announcement, beach football has asked for a piece in the calendar as well. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, so in, I'm in. <laughs> Watch this space, literally. I'm actually, actually going to pitch to FIFA that they should do like a retirement, like you know, like when players come out of retirement, mm. like a five-a-side tournament, legends, like a legends tournament, but like I don't know, once every two months, maybe once a month. Why don't we just start one? We should just do right. boots, balls, and bras like gonna, legends beach, and we'll we'll just pick different beaches around the planet, and we'll just invite all the people. Yeah. How about that? I'm gonna go. <laughs> I was gonna go and go. I'll go and go on the other side. Um, no, it's a it's a it's an interesting one because when I was working at FIFA, that was one of the projects I was working on was looking at international match calendar, and I did a whole competitions review. And what the recommendation was at the end is we have Club World Cup because that drives development, and we have beach. I mean, sorry, we have futsal because in a lot of areas around the planet, women, for example, in the Middle East, can't play on pitches or can't play outside because they're not really allowed to. So they're allowed to play indoor because it's an enclosed environment. So mm -hmm. like culturally, it makes sense that actually futsal, you know, you look at the um, the Iranian women's national team uh, for futsal, incredible players. So um, that'll, I think that will be a really good development in the, in the game. And also our BBB uh, beach club <laughs> legends, five aside will be really good. Let's look at the, um, Barclays WSL table just going into the break at the end of the year. Um, and where you guys think that the. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Teams are sitting, you know, where do you think it is now versus what's going to happen in the end? We've got Chelsea at 10, having played 10 games. So that's one more than Arsenal, Man United and Man City who sit below them at 27 points. Arsenal, nine games played, 24. So three points behind. Man United at 22 and Man City at 19, and then it goes down West Ham, Everton, Aston Villa, Tottenham, Liverpool, Reading, Brighton, and Leicester at the very bottom, still with zero points. What are you guys' thoughts on the table going into this break? Bex, what's what's the diff- points difference from the third place to Tottenham, please, before we start this, <laughs> before we start this conversation? Can okay. up for us, please? Do you want the real answer? or Okay, so Man United... <laughs> Man United is in third place and there were 22 points and Tottenham Hotspur women have nine points in eighth place. Eartha. Merry Christmas, Farrah. <laughs> <laughs> how the league is in terms of the top three is how I, I expect it to end come the end of the season. Hmm. So I think it's sitting pretty for what I predicted beginning of the season. Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United in third. Um, yeah, I mean, the bottom, I think... I think certainly Reading now pulled himself away from Leicester. They were probably the two that I thought might be fighting it out. Leicester have got a big job on their hands. Um, I think if they're going to compete, they probably have to throw some money out in January and get some players in. Um, but it, but it, but also with that, I don't even think that if they was to bring players in, would they be able to turn performances around to get results um, quickly enough? To, you know, to get themselves away from safety. So yeah. that's a difficult okay. one. Um, but the top three is where I see it. I don't know about you guys. Your top nice. don't seem to be sitting third, though. Bex and Erfa that you predicted. <laughs> it's that's really bad. That like I'm I'm actually shocked. That how that many night have to lose at least four games. At least four games. So they have to lose five games, yeah, for Tottenham <laughs> to finish third, and Tottenham have to win all of their games. It's not happening. I think I think actually that Man United might go above Arsenal just with the injuries that are in place. I think they. Mm. I think in terms of going Erfa. on a run, stop sensing. What are you talking about? Who's who's out? You've got Meads out. You've got Miedemar's out. Little's still not back. You've got... Well, Little's back. Little's back. Little's yeah. back, but she's, yeah. she's back, but she's not yeah. back in terms of a run of games. Right, right, right. Don't you think they, don't no. you think they can pip no. it? Pip no. them? I, I think, yeah, I, I no. could see that. You I could see all that. the good and stupidness, and then, and, then, like, and then you allow me to embarrass you over it. Please stop all agreeing right. with each other. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. happens. It definitely, let's have a bet. It's not all right. Let's have a bet. I bet you... A, a Man United kit and you buy me a Chelsea kit. I'll buy you a Chelsea kit, you buy me a Man United kit. I think it's going to be Chelsea, Man United, Arsenal. Okay. And Farah, you're with Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United. Sure. Okay. I could go either way. So I'll just take um, a free donut uh, for hosting and uh, mediating your two little you say, uh, <laughs> um, you Do you know up, what, though? You opened up our first show with a silly thing saying Tottenham were going to finish third. And now you're ending this year and halfway through the season saying that Man United are going to finish above Arsenal. Crazy. Right, yes, we'll we will see. Wait, there, um, did you not even but, say, Beck, sorry, wait, has Arsenal got a game in hand over Man United as well? No. Arsenal, Man United, and Man City all have nine played, and they got. And how many points are Arsenal ahead of United? Uh, two. Okay. Twenty-four and twenty-two points. 
I've written my letter to Santa. You better have written yours and posted it before the strikes because my <laughs> wish is coming true. I promise you. All right. But anyway, I think, um, you know, given regardless of where all these teams end up in the end of the season, obviously we have bets on it. So it does matter. But if you look at just the stats, some of the things that have been coming through 227% WSL attendances are up on last season. That's crazy. Like, and based off of, you know, what we think is um, the 23.3 million people watching the Euros final, either on TV or online, um, you've got 15% increase in female youth teams in the last six months of the year. We had over 500, well, almost 575,000 fans attending the Euros in the summer. You have 21% increase in female registered referees. I mean, obviously, that's a topic that we love on BBB. Um, but, I mean, the stats are incredible. So no matter where people end up, this must be a year that we can all look back and say, holy cow, 2022 was a massive year for women's football in England, right? We smashed it this year. I think the women, if you look to the start of the year, right, when Serena took over last year and, and, and we, we were getting excited about hosting a, a women's Euros, to her winning with the Lionesses started off in, I think, end of February, beginning of March, the Arnold Clark Cup, when the Lionesses won that, you know, and wasn't favourites in that tournament with the likes of Germany and Spain, both of it, both in it. I think that was the start of what was to be. Uh, they've gone a whole season unbeaten under Serena. They've gone mm. on to win the Euros. They had a record crowd, I think, at Wembley, 87,000 at the final. They then go and beat the, the world champions a month later at Wembley. USA. USA. So Don't remind me. The, the women, the, the, the women's football team this year have absolutely blown everything out of the water and long overdue for, for sure. Um, but long may it continue. And it's certainly heading in the right direction. And 2022, man, it's been great for women's football. Yeah, really, really exciting. And, and I think it, it's a key moment in terms of we have to stop and celebrate it because actually it has come so far. But mm -hmm. I think it's a disservice if we don't then inject it into those stats, like you said, Bex, in terms of getting more people, in, more girls in, involved in the game. Um, obviously, the Lioness has been calling for uh, sort of ring fence time in school so that girls actually get real access, something super passionate about in terms of educating and, and getting them to enjoy the game. Um, but yeah, it, it, for me, it's just about how do we make sure that all girls feel that it's a, a game for them, whether as a player, as a referee, as a manager. And I think what we're demonstrating really nicely, actually, is you don't just have to play the game. There's so much different niches within the game that you can get involved in to help drive the game forward. And I think with the investment that's come into the game, actually, it can be a career choice. So for families of young girls, actually them being involved in the game of football, there's a space for them somewhere if that's what they want to do. And I think that's the message that I get from all of these stats, actually, in terms of what's the actions that have taken place. It shows there, there are spaces that you can enter. And that excites yeah. me. It's very, very exciting. And, you know, for me, the biggest takeaway for 2022 was the fact that we had such a big tournament, but there was such a great investment into it by the FA and UEFA that really threw everything they could. And you look at the broadcast that was around it and Farah, you were part of the BC team that obviously covered a lot of those games. It was brilliant. And that, that for me is the biggest difference. If you have top quality broadcast with the right number of cameras, the right types of 
pundits saying the right types of things. Um, but the quality of the football is there now. We just really need to have the right type of media supporting it. And because of that, it's had this massive knock-on effect in our domestic league here in England. So really looking forward to next year, 2023, the Women's World Cup being hosted, obviously, in New Zealand um, and that other small country next to it. Austria, Australia, or something. Um, yeah, but I think I think that's just going to be like another pinnacle, and it's only six months, you know, out down the road. But if you look at what the lionesses have done this year, Farah, to your point, we just had the Sports Personality of the Year awards, which is in England. It's um, a big, big event. If you don't know what that is, where they really pick, you know, the top athletes, the top teams, top coaches, and. Uh, Lionesses did a clean sweep, man. Wipe the floor. They did a clean sweep. <laughs> Absolutely wipe the floor. And wipe the floor. Yeah. Definitely winning sporting. That's the ultimate prize. I mean, yep. big up what's made. And I, you know what's even more powerful about that? And, and, and I know a lot of people won't have known the off the field struggles that Beth Mead, you know, had, <clears throat> had during the Euros. And to be able to put park that, put that aside and dig out the performances, which she did phenomenal and, and of course she mentions her teammates she obviously has a great you know teammates in the lionesses and we've seen that and i think that togetherness you know took them to the, to, to the um to win the, the, the finals of the euros hence why they become team of the you know sporty team of the year so it just shows all of that yeah. and then i think the management of serena and how she dealt with the players going on a year unbeaten i think all three aspects and then obviously she got manager sporty uh, manager of the year sports person like manager of the year so i just think it just tops it off it just showed what a group of players they were and and what coming together, fighting for each other for the same thing, putting egos aside, um, the rewards you can get from it. And yeah, it was an all-female um, clean sweep, which was nice to see. I think it's a first. I think it's a first. Yeah. Yeah. Could be wrong. So I'm not putting facts out there that might be wrong, but I think it's a first where we've seen an all-females, all you know, taking the, the main prizes at, at Sporty. Yeah, I think it's the first female, sorry, it is the first female footballer ever to win this body. So yeah. I, I think on that Beth Mead bit, I think, that, I think that helped fuel it. I think when when actually your 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 backs against the ropes and actually you've got nothing to lose. Mm. I think the the issues that she had off the pitch was also like extra fire in terms of I'm just going to be the best version of myself. Like it, it can't get any worse. I weren't picked for the last squad in terms of was it the um Olympics. Olympics? Like there's stuff happening, but actually this is an outlet. This is something that I really enjoy. When I just like take everything away, I love playing football, and I think that's what we saw with her in in her matches and and when she played and when she was talking about being around the team. And then sports personality of the year. I think we we can't underestimate like sport is really like a big thing here in this sort of in the United Kingdom, and actually to override every sports person from cycling to snooker to boxing to mma to Cricket. you name it and as a female like I, I don't think like people know how big this is like a female footballer winning sports person of the year Mate, I don't, I, you know what i'll be honest with you i never ever thought that would be possible that's nuts really? I mean, like, David Beckham used, like, yeah Beckham I mean, yeah like really? i mean she deserved it most definitely if you mm -hmm. look at the, the six that, that yeah. she was up there with in terms of what she did this year but to be recognised for it to actually come through and people actually vote, and I, I didn't think it would be possible. But really, yeah, it's it's that's it's a mad, man. That's what, I mean, you think yeah. of the people over the years that have missed out that have had unbelievable years in terms of mm -hmm. sport and mm -hmm. don't get it based on voting or whatever. It's literally, it's literally the Nobel Peace Prize 
of football, like of sport. I mean, in this country, I promise you, it's it's a, it's a Nobel Peace Prize of sport in this country, and yeah. for all different sports to just say you've just done the yeah. damn thing in your field, but actually, like, is better than any so other awesome. achievement that's happened in sport. And for the so people awesome. to vote you is amazing. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, well, congratulations to Beth Mead, the Lionesses, and Serena Wiegman from the BBBs here. Um, another piece of news is the FA Women's Continental Tires League Cup quarterfinals. We would just call it the Conti Cup. <laughs> the quarterfinal draw happened, um, and those ties are scheduled to take place on either the 25th or 26th of January. So only eight teams left in that, and we'll be playing next year. Um, and let's wrap up with a little uh, fun, what we would celebrate for Christmas, but um, we know obviously everybody's celebrating different holidays over the season, but I'm going to ask you guys, Ursa, what do you eat on Christmas Day? What's on your Christmas plate? What do I eat or, or, or what's available? I think I'll say what's available. I don't think I can put it all down, but that we always start with, so in my family, definitely a leg of lamb has to be on on the table. Um, as as Farrah mentioned at the top when we first started Boots, Balls and Bras, I'm one of eight. So this year we have three leg of lambs that we need to make sure gets cooked for the extended family as well as my family. Um, and so we have turkey, we have chicken, we have fish, we have rice and peas, we have macaroni and cheese, all the normal roast potatoes, parsnips, uh, Brussels sprouts, salad, um, yeah, just just a bit of everything, really. We kind of stuff in, and which obviously can't all fit onto one plate. So we almost kind of go in sections and just pick at different bits. But yeah, it, it it's a lot. Um, it's a lot. It is a really, lot. Really. Far, what plate. do you have on your Christmas plate? No, it's more. What don't I have on my Christmas plate? <laughs> when, you know what it is, right? I'm not a person. I don't really eat roast dinners through the year. You know, like most. English, British people will go, oh yeah, yeah, every Sunday I'm going to have a roast dinner. That's not my tradition. So I wait till Christmas and I get as many vegetables that you can think of. So obviously Brussels is a must. I know people don't like them, but Brussels sprouts, mate. Love them. Absolutely yeah. Must. Yeah. So I get all my vegetables. I'll have a piece of every meat, but it's more about the trimmings, like, you know, like the, the sausage meat and the, and the stuffing. And I, for one, would add like pickles and like beetroot and I put jalapenos on mine. I probably have every sauce, like cranberry sauce, apple sauce, because obviously you've got different meats, mint sauce, gravy. I'm one of them, like at Christmas, <laughs> you could have 10 vegetables and I will make sure I will have at least a little bit of every veg. And like, there's not a piece, like, I, like the York, everything, Yorkshire's, I don't let anything go. So my plate, <laughs> it sounds a lot, right? But you can imagine, I'll have like yes. a piece of broccoli, a tiny little piece of like cauliflower cheese, but whatever's on offer, I'm having a bit of everything, but it's more the like sauces and the add-ons that, that make my dinner. Like, honestly. People we actually like, needed to like do like, a I whole would, episode on just the food that's on your guys' plate and no, tables hot for Christmas. Hot sauce, I put on my, on like, my so I'd have gravy and mint sauce, but I'd even add like hot sauce, like whether Tabasco no or hot pepper. Have to. Like tapatio? Encona. No, yeah, no, I can't have your mum's sauce, Earth. But, I, but the thing is, this year, yeah, I'm like, I think I might be hosting, maybe, for 16 people. So I'm a bit Ooh, nervous yeah, if it fun. comes off. And if that, if, it, if that comes off, because I've got the kids, it means dinner's at early. So skip breakfast, early dinner, Christmas dinner. And Earth, them Caribbeans, they have it a little bit later, you see. So maybe Come on. So maybe I'm going for seconds at Earth. Come on. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. You better put some mac and cheese aside for me and some. Did you say, have you got, um, are you having, um, what's it called? 
Oxtail. All the meat. There'll be oxtail. Every meat. Okay, I'm there. Everything, everything's there. Like, you yeah, know, man. like, we're just extended family. <laughs> Cousins are coming. Like, my grandma is supposed to come. But because there's so much noise, she's trying to avoid us all. So <laughs> if we get her down, we get her down. If not, like, yeah, table tennis, table out. Like, it's just a noisy, noisy, noisy house. So, yeah, looking forward to it. That's what about you, Bex? Oh, I'm doing Christmas this year for the very first time, not with my family. Um, normally, we used to go down to uh, New Zealand every year, and then we started doing them in LA when I was playing in the northern part of Sweden, and the flight was about two days. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be here with my wife's family in Northampton, um, which is why I'm actually in Floss Dental office in Northampton right now, doing because <laughs> our celebrations have already started. Uh, and then we fly out to LA on a couple of days after. So As we'll you be, do uh, that. in LA for a month. LA. <laughs> you guys are invited. You guys are. You guys. I'm there. Don't invite me because I'll normally, be there. <laughs> <laughs> so normally we do like Christmas outside like in the sunshine somewhere, barbecue or something with my dad. Oh. So I don't know. I'll see what we do this year. It'll be very interesting. I we'll love how all three of our dinners are just so different. Like, I love before, it. Yeah. So before I actually so have mine, so Farrah, when you're having your Christmas dinner, I'm actually going to be volunteering. So the homeless Harrow yes. Tomb Kitchen are doing a sort of a dinner, Christmas dinner for like people that are on the by their own, elderly people, like loneliness. So we've hired out our local youth club. We're going to host up to like 50 families in there giving out gifts. So I'm going to be there serving out some food in the in the morning, sort of into nice the afternoon. One. Then I'm going to head back. So yeah, we'll that's see. That's awesome. How that Do you need any help out. from any BBB fans? Like, should we put yeah, out a link we, or something? If, yeah. If he wasn't in Northampton, we would have got the <laughs> in. There. We actually need a videographer. Like oh. and the photographer, but who knows? Hopefully, we might get some. Otherwise, it's my shaky hand on my <laughs> iPhone 5C, which means no one's going to see anything. <laughs> <laughs> the megapixels. That sounds fun. Well done. Good job. It's it. It does matter, doesn't it? You see people this time of year, people that are alone or don't have their loved ones with them. So, wishing everyone a really, really happy holidays, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. Just wishing you guys all the very, very best time this year. Even if you just have a break from everything for a couple of days, it'll be really nice. And um, we'll be back next year, bigger and stronger. We're going to do a little piece on our uh, WSL team of the year so far. So be sure to watch out for that. But otherwise, we will be seeing everybody next year. Have the best holidays and a happy new year. Bye for now. See you in Feliz 2023. Ciao. Merry Christmas. Ciao. Eat, drink, and do whatever you need to do over the Christmas period. Rest up, recover. See you in the new year. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 